the thing that difference for us is that like we have this skill set that we charge like pretty healthy amounts for and then there's people out there that are going like well i can get a guitarist for 100 bucks or i can get a, yeah. i can get, yeah. I can get some I can get someone who's just happy for the exposure. And it's like, well, you know, like our mentality is like, if someone says to us, like, well, I can get a magician for a hundred bucks. You then say, all right, my advice is don't hire the guy or girl, take the hundred bucks and, and, and buy yourself get a, a guitarist. No, get a, get a good bottle of scotch and entertain yourself. They're guys. They do magic. magic. They are the magic guys. Oh. No, it's oh. Doug bringing in the goods. We're not doing it again. I liked it. I'm only those, allowed to. I'm only allowed, allowed to, to do what? the do the D lights like once every three months. That was it. I'm spent. But now, now you've got the perfect new setup behind you, where you can organically pull the lights from your light strip. Yes, I orchestrated it correctly. My evil plan has come to fruition. Let me yeah. see how this works. Oh, yes, that fits too. Wonderful. Uh-huh. You offer those at conjure.com, of course, for $15.99. Beautiful. Right. That's that's a word from our sponsor. So when did you get your new setup, Doug? For those uh, listening, Doug's got a nice new setup. Looks very professional. It was, was sometime this weekend. The wife decided she didn't like the shelves in the living room. <laughs> so that's when... <laughs> Ah, said, honey, so, honey, I don't like our shelves. And I said, I'll take them. Let me see what I can do with that. And oh, this is phase one is this. <clears throat> Beautiful. So you're able to use that to your advantage. Yeah, I'm going to hide things up. There's livestock. I have ducks and chickens in here now, and I'm going to eventually expand this. Uh, I, I probably should have said too much already. <laughs> Perfect. Well, yeah. guys, we uh, Jason is still out on the ships. He's still sailing, and you know he's been on there much longer than we thought he would, and he's enjoying it. Um, oh, good. So, yeah, yeah. He said he's learning a lot about theater. The, the crazy thing for me is, so he said he's learning a lot about theater being on the ships. No doubt. What a what a crazy way to be able to learn about theater is by going on cruise ships because normally you have to learn about that stuff before you can be on there. <laughs> You know, but he's what a, been yeah, no to, doubt to be locked in that environment and have the access to really everything that makes a great <clears throat> stage show happen daily, right? You, you're there. Love yeah. it. What if he comes out of this like as a corporate magician or like a. a oh, a I already assume that, this. that his trip to this boat, he's level up. Hmm. I'm never going to see him again. One of two things has <laughs> happened. He's jumping off the boat and I never see him again. Or he says, had enough, fellas. I'm on to the better life. And. You yeah, know, yeah. can't podcast when I'm a full-time ship performer. <laughs> One of those things. One of those things will happen. So he's not here today, but fortunately we have a returning guest who will be a guest uh, co-starring with us today. You've met him before. You love him already, but we're going to bring him back. And uh, let me play his intro. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back, Nick Kay. There he is. Little little uh, improvement since the last intro when you came on, Nick. What a wonderful intro. <laughs> That's really, really awesome. Seeing your name in neon lights feels quite special. Lo- was it was it not super nice last time? No. I think we just we just brought him on. We just pressed the button and just boop. 
and he came up. They're like, hey, we got a bold guy here. Let's make fun. <laughs> yeah. Bro, we, we've been doing that for the better part of uh, right. two, two years now. Yeah, I was thinking that we'd probably, like, if we had to pick a topic, it's the topic would be, like, how long before we can convince Josh to join us in the Chrome yeah. Head gang of magicians? It's inevitable. All the greats yeah. eventually do it. Yeah, Michael Amar's doing it, and he's been doing it for a while, right? Like, we all, we all come mm. to the He club. resisted way too long, truth be told. You think? I mean... Let me let me resort to hold on. Let's consult Bible vo- Volume Three. Y'all talk about something. <laughs> Life finds some Micah Mar memorabilia. Well, What's thanks to everyone t- watching uh, in the chats. We've got Noah, we've got Mike, and we've got Jason. We appreciate you guys. Feel free to drop your questions for uh, for Nick. This is our live podcast, so you can. If you're listening to this now, you should have been here. But um, bring in the questions. Jason says, sorry, I have a full head of hair. I'll still have a full head of hair when I die. Well, this, we can't all be that lucky, gonna... Jason. Oh, oh <laughs> I, thought, I thought it was, I wasn't watching. Jason, why you have hope? I thought it was Maher, mm. but yes, his full head of hair will keep him from true greatness. Mm. You know, like a full head of hair is awesome. Don't get me wrong. But I, in the same breath, I really give thanks that I'm in showbiz and I don't need hair. Because there's certain times when you're going shows back to back or you're flat out and you think to yourself, like, I'm just going to sneak in a quick nap before I need to go on stage. You literally get someone kicking you like, hey, come on, like on stage. You're like, yeah, right. you're ready. And you're ready to go. But like, if your hair is not on fleek when you're when you're gracing the stage, like you can really make or break a performer if you don't have your hair the way it's supposed to be. I've never considered that that aspect that you can nap easier. And be ready to go. Yeah. Especially on, on planes. Like if you're right? going straight to an event on a plane, your hair's at the back's going to get all messed up. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how much mm. prep goes into you guys doing the show prior. But for me, like there is a huge level of work that goes into making all this happen. Like I have to shave the entire head and the face. Um, and I also talcum powder like my entire body because uh, I do a lot of roving and I want to make sure I stay dry and clean and everything else. And with pro tips, I love the mm. pro tips. Talcum yeah. powder, just do the whole thing. Yeah, man, I, straight up, and especially and with the techniques that I use, and to keep my arms dry so nothing sticks. <clears throat> now, let me ask you this, because now I'm learning things. What is the undergarment procedure like? Do you t-shirt? Are you wearing like some long johns under that black? Because you're not going talcum powder black. I'm going talcum powder linen shirt. This is a black linen. So yeah, yeah, I'm going straight up. No tea, no tea. No tea, tea no. And that's because I'm going linen shirt, like vest, and then jacket. All right. So there's quite a lot of weight to when I perform. Okay, so brief boxers mm. or less. Nope. Commando talc. No, I'm kidding. I wear, I wear, <laughs> guy, I wear, I wear underwear. They got to be guy fronts. It's a thing. Must be them in order for everything to work. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. But underwear's a key. And, and it's just the type of thing, especially where, like, I'm a big fan of, um, of Maximum Entertainment. Um, mm. by, by Bible part. F- okay, I'm going to go part four. That's a great yeah. book. It is my favorite my favorite piece of, of yeah. well, my favorite thing in my shelf, most definitely. And the one thing that is really important about this that mm. I feel that the largest majority of magicians that I've come across don't do is that you should try, wash, and shower as close to your performing time as possible. For real. So you are the cleanest and freshest you could possibly be. For Especially real. for a close-up performer. And I know guys have done close-up performing and just gone, I'm going to sneak in a quick cigarette yeah. before I do my set. And it's like, what are you doing? 
I've Ooh. seen more than one notable magician recently comment on how important our hygiene is. And I'm thinking, how rampant is this problem? But yeah, guys, shower mm -hmm. up. Huh? Well, you got to keep in mind that, that we've got like up and coming, highly influenced young kids, you know, teenagers and things of that nature that these mm. guys aren't brushing their teeth. They're not into like taking care of themselves. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they, or, or, or when they get to a point where they need to start taking care of themselves, but they don't have the skill sets to be, I don't know, do laundry, you know, like it's. Hey. Speaking of taking care of yourself, let's segue into the consideration of shaving our head. Now, first of all, as I show this picture, we love Micah Marr. We've loved him our whole life. Immensely. But <laughs> this is this is from Chris Kenner's book, Totally Out of Control. <laughs> and this is like, you know, this is in the late oh. 90s where maybe Mike could have made the consideration to shave his head because we knew where that was going. Now I don't want to yeah. dwell on that. And maybe this joke's too late. And now, <laughs> now maybe, no, now maybe <laughs> Amar's people are going to be out for me. Now I've got them like the, I've got like, uh, you know, uh, but you're one of his people. You're you've shaved your head already. So I don't know about that. I'll tell you stories. Not that About I even Amar. know Mike Amar, but there's stories I have. I'm, I'm probably not one of his people. I've only met Michael Amar in passing, being the lovely person he is, you know, at, at like uh, Magic Live. But I would love to spend some time with him and show him what I've done on top at work and things of that nature. I think I would really, really have a really nice exchange with him in that sense. It's really nice when you meet, you know, the, the giants, the, the shoulders that we walk about on, you know. Um, mm. You know, most recently we had Penn and Teller in town. And I had the the luxury of performing for Teller, and um, that was a really wonderful exchange. Yeah. Did you oh, do yeah. a trick? You did a trick for Teller. Oh, oh yeah, I, I did like a set, my guy. What did you happen? You did twenty was... minutes, huh? Wait, yeah. Did you well, ask, can I ask? Did you say to him, "Do you want to see some my coin stuff, my card stuff, or my award winning stuff?" Or <laughs> no, well, that's, that's yeah, that's a good question. But no, what what had happened was we we took him out for a really fun day out at the hot springs, and we had a really awesome time, just like soaking hot baths and doing like these ice cold dips and things of that nature, and a super relaxing day. And um, we just spent the day together talking theory, having a great time, and we we're dropping him off later that evening after dinner so we can go watch the Harry Potter um, theater show. Mm. And afterwards, he was going to a bar. But in that, in amongst that exchange, he said to me, he goes, I want to see your magic. And I said, sure. How? He goes, I don't care. Just get it to me. And then we Ooh. found out, he goes, I'm going to a bar after the show. Um, do you, I was like, okay, cool. So we met up at the bar. And so I got into full magic regalia and wore my suit. And um, I walked wow. into the bar in full Nick K manner and just demanded attention. And I basically built every single person at the bar came forward. The bartenders loved me for it. They were great. They were slinging me free drinks just to be like, you just keep doing what you're doing, man. That's great. But there was a bunch of us there. And so I rounded everyone up, you know, which is kind of easy to do when you, when you come from the street background, like, like Doug and myself. And so I rounded everyone up. I did a couple of sets and then I threw other magicians in there, like, you know, Chi Han Yeo, Anthony Damazi, um, you know, a whole bunch of others. So we just literally were just doing like open sets at the bar and I was just like ringing guys in and out. And um, yeah, even Teller did a spot himself. Even Teller like, wow. you know. Were you yeah. behind the bar? No, I, I think I, I think like, I think because of RSA, we're not allowed to do that. You know, okay. like, yeah. yeah. Not that that's, that's not always ideal, right? It, it depends on the bar if that's yeah. even yeah. ideal. So Really mm. big bar and a really good time. But anyway, so I performed my set and I can't say the profanities I don't think on this podcast as to how much he enjoyed my set, but it meant a lot when he grabbed me and he was just like, you are so 
effing good. Holy F, you know, like it was really <laughs> shitty, like with both hands, you know, and, and like he meant it. And it was really, really flattering. And so is there um, anything more rewarding in life than that? Having Teller just embrace your work? Come on now. It was really flattering, you know. Um, has, there a lot been of a, has there been a more rewarding moment? I mean, oh. That's like a legit question. I mean, come on. That's oh, yeah. Uh, look, I think I, it's, it's very interesting because I, I've always leaned, leaned into the notion that, like, don't worry about impressing magicians. They're not going to hire you. You know what I mean? Yeah, but this is Teller. Teller. So, He's a yeah. wise one. He's he a, wise a wise one. Yeah, he's like the Yoda of magic when you think about it, you know? He's like, he's you know, there are guys like you might have, you know, Chris Angel says, oh, the best magic I ever saw. You know, you'd be like, okay, Chris Angel, thank you. But Teller saying it is like the, the you know, you get the, the anointment. Yeah, I think I, that's a great analogy that he's the Yoda of magic. That's yeah. something like that. On the head, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's, he's all knowing and, you know, it's really great because a lot of times when you exchange ideas, thoughts, and everyone has their own biases, like really hefty biases. And I remember at dinner, I was exchanging a couple of ideas and I'm like, what do you think about this idea? Is that okay? Because it's a great idea. You do that. And I literally put both fingers up, flipped off everyone at the freaking table. Just being <laughs> like, yeah. But I think, I think what I love about it most was that when you have these exchanges, and you have the validation that your thought process is on the same line as someone as great as Teller. Mm. Right. That that's what I really love. So whenever I talk to people who create, I always ask, like, what do you want to know? I'm like, how do you create? Do you think of the idea first or do you think of the slide first? Like, what do you do? Like, where does it come from? And when you sometimes have the same knowing that like the ideas that I come up with and it's like, oh, that's very similar to like David Regal. I'm like, oh my God, I'm thinking like David Regal. What a great thing. Oh my God, right. I'm thinking like Teller. What a great place to be. Oh, I'm thinking like Doug. I'm thinking like Josh. Like when you're thinking of like all the greats, you know, it's just nice knowing that you have the right mindset and the right path when you're creating. I was trying to find this photo. <clears throat> Excuse my uh, not looking at the screen, but uh, I believe you were in it and it was Teller in a hot tub, like an outdoor hot tub. Oh yeah, were you were you in that as well? Yeah, you bet. You want to say what's, it to you? <laughs> what's the preface of that? Yeah, where, where well, can yeah, I find so, it? I'm just trying to bring it up. So our good friend Chian Yeo, you should you should get on the show. He's such a lovely creature. Although he probably wouldn't be able to fit in his schedule because by day he's a lawyer, which means he's always working. But he's also just like a great, great student of magic. You know, he's learning from Dave Williamson and a bunch of others, and Mike Close, and he's just like a really, really adamant card guy. He does really beautiful technique and. So he's the sweetest guy and he's kind of like this wonderful person who's always organizing activities. And so whenever we have an international guest, he's like, oh, where can we take him? He's like, oh, let's take him out to the hot springs. And so for the guys of you that don't know, like here in Melbourne or in Victoria, we have the hot springs, which is um, out in the peninsula, out towards the beach. We have like a natural hot spring. So it's just a beautiful place where there's got multiple like really hot soak, like hot tub sort of situation. What, what got, is like, multiple? Is there dozens? Is there dozens. five? Dozens, so many. So you yeah. don't have to share it with like ten other people, or is it like, is there? A... Well, yeah, you want to share with ten other people because there is enough to sort of go around. But like, they're quite large, and there's multiple of them. So you might have like a few in there, which is always right. fun. But... I've never been hmm. to Hot Spring. I've considered it recently in Arkansas, close to Louisiana. They have them, yeah. and I, it's on my radar. So I'm curious. Boy. If you're ever in town, you can lean on us for sure. It would be a pleasure to take you out yeah. there. It's a super relaxing I'll do day. That. I'll, I'll go to Australia instead of Arkansas. That makes sense. So just <laughs> yeah. do that. Yeah. 
Well, you should come down. Like it would be amazing Look, to have a guest like yourself do something like the Melbourne Magic Festival. You know, inevitable, like be- inevitable that I'm there one day. Yeah, no doubt. Like if you ever came down, you could you could participate in something like the Melbourne Magic Festival. We can promote it, and we can. That would be awesome. There. It's one of the great things to do. The Melbourne Magic Festival just only just passed. Um, yeah, and I'm gonna put that great. on my vision board, and then we so manifest got- we manifest everything that happens over there. Yeah. So basically, you've got a, you've got a year now, Doug. A year, huh? the next that one. seems soon, but fine. All right, well, I'll put it on there. We'll see what happens. Yeah, how bar that? How bar? How lucky that bar was without them even knowing that they no had doubt, all these right? great magicians performing and tell yeah. They basically had an episode of Fool Us live. Yeah, the cool thing about it was it was filled with people who did all the tech um, from not only the um, from the Harry Potter uh, show, also from the Hamilton musical. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So it was really everyone there was just like, I do the backstage work. I do the pulleys. I do the fly system. I do the lighting, you know, really, really cool people. Damn. Hey, we've got a question from Jason Yogan. Nick, of all the magic you do, how much is magic you've come up with that are original tricks? Nick. Uh, I would say. Yeah. Go on. Yep. Is there a follow up question? No, no, that's it. So I was just trying to summarize it because I didn't read it the way it was written. But yeah, this basically, is, let's clear, how much of the magic you perform mm. is magic that is original tricks? And this is a yeah. clarification. Yeah, mm. I can honestly say all but one trick that I have in my repertoire is mine. Yeah, Th- that's good. Is yeah, the one that um, is not yours, Sponge Bunnies, because Doug is <laughs> quite. Yeah, I'm trying to outlive all the practitioners of that trick and call it my own. I've got about 20 years in that plan left. <laughs> now, I, I can I say all, but, but but one is my own. Um, although the way I perform that one trick, there's maybe 30% of it that is remnant of where it came from. So the reason I do that is because I believe that classics are classics for a reason. And I like the idea of having my own version of those tricks. So coins across is a staple i have my own version i even the invisible deck is a staple and i also have my own version with that um you know ambitious card you can make it your own there are so many things you can make your own and so that's one of the things i really love to try and identify with and make your own and then it's it's fantastic because when people go your coins across are so different from my coins across or your ambitions are so different from my ambitions like yes because it's mine mm. You spoke oh. about asking other magicians their creative process and such. Can you talk about yours a little bit? Oh, very simple. How, how, how do you go about create? Yeah. What? Oh, wouldn't it be cool if? End the sentence. Yeah. Okay. Wouldn't it be cool if? Um, and I think that, so this, that's sort of what I start with. And then That's a great it, start, actually. <laughs> that's a great start. <laughs> wouldn't it be cool if? So like I do yep. a thing where like, wouldn't it be cool if you could vanish your phone and make it appear in your wallet? How do I do that? So I come up with a method that does that. And it's the Wouldn't cleanest. it be cool if I could make the four aces a symbol from a 16-card packet progressively into the leader <laughs> packet? <laughs> and this is where we lean into that thought process where it should be a single sentence. You know? And then that and then that the question for that one is why, Doug? Mm. Look, I, I'm not, just not how. <laughs> so, sometimes we play devil's advocate in this corner. Yeah. Mm. But also it becomes like, what else? How can I make mm-hmm. it better? Where else can I challenge it? Um, I've got a version of Cards Across, which I performed recently at a magic convention. And I said to them, it's not ready. And everybody there was just like, looks ready to me. And I'm like, a little bit more we can do to make it better. 
very little bit, very minor, but it'll make it quintessentially mine. And you know, just no one else will be doing that version out there. And I just, I just love that that premise, that idea of being able to say, like, have you seen Nick's version of this? Like my invisible palm, I could not be more proud of that routine that I created, because I looked at that routine and I was like, I don't like this, 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 and this about it. And so I made my own version of it that combated all those things. You know. So this speaks more on a creativity approach, and it resonates with me. You have a problem with an effect, and you need to fix the whatever is not right for you. Yeah. So this is a creative. And the thing that I like about Nick is that he has a great coffee mug there. Is that the Nick K coffee mug? I like it. That's smart. Mm. I'm over here promoting Coca-Cola products. Oh, man. (laughs) The trash of the earth tonight. Sorry. Well, what I was going to say was Nick Nick comes up with these effects for him to perform in his working repertoire. He's not just trying to come up with an effect that he can sell or let you know lecture with or whatever like these are things he's coming up with to like use yeah. which i think people do less of these days yeah and it's kind of interesting because i think like to speak to doug's point when you find a problem i had to ask myself for a while am i creating or am i problem solving yeah and it's <clears throat> literally both you shouldn't sort of pigeonhole that you know you should be really open to to that whole notion of just going like yeah, like how on earth can you do this? So, um, I think when you're first solving a problem, a creative problem, it's best to open the floodgates initially, yeah. right? To not have any negatives on that creative yeah. plane, just embrace yeah. it all. And then in, the same, then, in the same breath, it's good to create it with restriction where you go, like, I want to vanish the coin. Okay, great. You vanish the coin with like a French drop or something to that effect. You go, okay, now I want to do it with my sleeves up. And now I want to do it with one hand and I want to do it with one hand and show my hand empty front and back. So you start adding these things that add strength. Sounds like Nick is working his way to the naked guy show. Pretty soon (laughs) he's going to be on the naked magicians. He's like trying to break out. (laughs) Well, well, they do something. They do it full Monty. They do something that Nick would approve of. And even in showman, Mike and Chris will both shower half an hour before showtime. Yeah, you know, so you know, it's on the same plane, plane of thinking. Vipple yeah. was asking, I think I know the answer, but he's saying, where can we find your invisible palm? You've got everyone so excited. Oh, the invisible palm, the, my routine. I only sell it at, um, I only sell it at my lectures. That's the thing. Mm. Um, I love that. Yeah, Subarosa. Yeah, it's a clever it. thing. However, yeah. if you if you drop the guys a line, there is a link on my website, and I will gladly share it with you. And uh, as my gift to everyone watching the podcast, uh, how so cool is that? Drop oh. them a line, and I will share a link uh, with. It's got it's a password uh, on my website, and I'll allow you to go look at it, and you guys can see the exact tutorial and how it works. It does require a gaff, which I supply. However, you can perform it gaffless and still achieve a eighty percent version of the trick. Value. Damn. Well, hit us up on. Let's make it our Instagram. And message the magic guys saying Nick is awesome, and then we'll know. Yeah, make them work on. for it. Okay. Josh right. is so pro. <laughs> Let's just so that way it's not in fifty different places. Um, and and Mike made a good comment about the creativity. Um, he likes to ask laymen what they think would be magical, mm. and then try to recreate it. Mm, that can go a few different ways. I find. I don't know how you guys feel about that, but I'll share my thought on it because a lot of times they're like, you're you're in the middle of a routine, and you know what you're about to do is so much better than what they're doing, but 
you deal with some really overzealous people, drunk people, and they constantly interrupt you like, and now it's over here, like because they're trying to guess what's going to happen next. I agree with what you're mm. saying, Mike, but I think that the reason why you want to know what they think would be cool is to avoid that, what they think is going to happen and go against audience expectation. Because if they expect mm. something to happen and something totally different happens, then it is going to blow their minds way harder. So and like I also, a, yeah, like I do Keep a coin through table and like with any coins through table, you get to the last coin and they just assume it's going to go through the table. And then I thought, what if I went against that? Instead of that one coin going through the table, all four coins come back up. Mm-hmm. Like there are many three coins come back up and then all of a sudden I go bang and there's four coins in the top now. What if, what if another exercise could be you, you, you show a layman half the trick and then say to them, what do you think the ending will be? And then... Ooh. You see what ending no one's saying, and then you make that's, that the ending. That could be interesting. That's Delgadio-ish. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. That could be fun too. You know, Look there are tools. <clears throat> um, this is an interesting approach maybe. As a content creator now, there's a website called Ask the Public, and <clears throat> it is recommended uh, to people like myself who do you know content on a regular basis that you ask a question on this platform, askthepublic.com, or you insert a topic, and they will provide the most common questions or inquiries about this topic. So maybe we go to askthepublic.com, we type in Mm. magic tricks, and then we find out what the world is curious about, and then we find creative ways to answer those questions, not just for social media like I do, but also in the real world. Like, what's the most popular magic trick question? I don't know, but that's maybe an outlet. Also, I feel like if, if you were to just ask spectators what a good magic trick would be, you know, half of them are going to be Make my million dollars. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. You don't, numbers. <laughs> you don't know what you want. God damn it. Can you fill up my glass? I'm like, no, with anything you want to drink. Yeah. Nick's well, also the- one of the rare people that have seen um, Derek Delgadio's show in person, the In and of Itself show. Oh, wow. I, I, I don't think we brought this up live on the podcast last time. Oh, yeah. I was, so- I was, looking, at, I was looking at the show notes, but um, it's, you know, people can watch it now on uh, Disney Plus and stuff, but you were actually there, which is. Um, yeah, not only insane. was I there, I was Mr. Tomorrow, where I. Wow. Oh, baby. So, yeah. So what had happened is halfway through the show, he nominates uh, someone to not see the remaining half of the show. And you are given a book. And your job is to then take that book and write down in the book how you think the show is going to end. And then you return the next day, read it to the audience. And then that book is then passed on to another spectator in the audience and this propagates mm-hmm. forward through the entire um run of shows in fact like the book has been rebound and rebound so many times that it's just this like mishmash of hard copy book and so i i when i was in new york i had the pleasure of not only seeing it but being mr tomorrow and it was quite an experience to, to see it firsthand how do they entrust you with this book is it just like here you go or do they send you with a guard like is there a process they give you a. They give you the book, which is enormous. It weighs a ton. Yeah, right. It's a big part of the show too. It's it's a huge part of the show. They put it in a like a, a like a felt bag, 
and you are able to read other people's thoughts wow. and how they think it's going to end and everything else, then you write your portion. And you legit had that book for a day then, huh? Yeah. Wow. Crazy. Exactly. You know, like a part of me thinks that there might be multiple books or something of that nature. Like it's so hard to think that that, yeah. that show went for as long as it did and mm. to think that somebody actually came back every single time. This like, is why is I ask. I'm like, that's a, an important piece. How do they just send a person away with it? Like, yeah. good luck. Maybe we'll see you tomorrow and maybe tomorrow we have to make a new book. <laughs> There's got to be more than one, right? Of course. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just so weird because I, like a, a, a part of me as a magician thought like I would exploit having that and and that maybe I would um, go through the notions of like taking heaps of photographs of it or like videoing all of it or, or streaming. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I got to Elgato's book. Everyone <laughs> look at like what's in here. Um, mm. But I, I, I just, I just did not. I yeah. just, didn't, you know, like. You see him, you have to respect the work. Yeah. yeah. Like it's, you just, there's just a level of respect you have for his work and what was happening. And you just couldn't. Do that. I guess, even I guess though, there, there might be a slim chance where we have listeners or viewers who don't know what we're talking about. And if you're one of those, what you need to do is go to Hulu or Disney. There's a lot of places. Watch in and of itself. Derek Delgadio's amazing uh, one-man performance. It's incredible. Yeah. yeah. I mean, what yeah, goes I, through I, I cry like a baby every time. Same thing, Thomas. Every yeah. time I watch it, I cry what, like what a goes baby. Through your, what goes through your head between leaving the show and seeing the next one? Are you just like, is the anticipation building? Are you like, what the hell? Does yeah, that you know, it, it, it felt it felt like a, a decent level of responsibility, and you wanted to obviously have a, have some sort of meaning, and because because you kind of realize that there's a contribution, and as he gives you the book, he kind of states that like you're going to tell me what you think of me and my worth, like when we kind of ex- that's the exchange. So you don't you don't want to disrespect that person. Right. You don't want to mm. disrespect any person. You know, is it ever. clear that you're going to be on stage or part of the show? I guess it is, of course, right? It has to yep. be, yeah. Yeah, he gives you the book. You hold it for a little bit. He does like one more routine, and then he just goes, get your stuff and go, yeah. you know, when it's done. That's right. Yeah, I, yeah that's right. Pack your shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that, and that's why I'm wondering, because you don't know how the show ends at that point. So you don't know no. what happens to the person who comes back until you're that person, which is exactly. the next day. Yeah. 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 Okay. And you know what? And, and everyone who is going to go, forward and watch this now it is depicted so well like it is done so tastefully on these streaming services that you truly experience it i feel that you still experience it as if you were in the actual theater they did an amazing Mm. job i heard i heard people were genuinely concerned about how they were going to show this show on tv like it doesn't make sense to show that performance on tv but they did it they captured it perfectly it's depicted with um like with with animations and so forth none of that's in the show there is no projection or anything it's a very scaled back tech show Mm -hmm. um but the animations as he tells the stories are it it really sucks you in and it is a beautiful experience i think it's 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 on par with seeing it live you you're really going to enjoy it i recommend it more i I mean i've never never heard a bad word about it ever not one time ever Mm. that's interesting because there is some people who are on the fence who lean the total opposite and just think they hated like that show. Oh, I haven't heard that at all. It's so no. bizarre. I think Vincent, I mean, our friend Vincent Kuo was saying he took his mum and his mum like fell asleep, you know, because of, because of the slow pace or whatever. But you know, Vin, you know, that's Vincent's jam, but yeah. his mum was like, yeah. And I don't think I could get my, my girlfriend to watch it knowing, you know, 
what she Look, mine watched watching. it with me. She hates magic and she loved that show. We've watched it a couple times, so you might be wrong. True. You should Maybe. put that on for ninety percent of what I am. Strangely, said Doug. Oh, she <laughs> hates it. She hates it. I don't know. We go way back before she hated it so much. So <laughs> we have deep roots. Yeah, I think I, I asked when it's brought to the screen. But you look at something like Dear Evan Hansen, and I was told that that's actually closing on Broadway because the movie did it such a disservice. Yeah, I tried to lo- like that movie. I really wanted to like it. So the I musical didn't, cried. Didn't like yeah. I, my my friend Dom Chambers was saying to me, he goes, "Man, I cried so hard." And even when I went like in the intermission, I was using the men's room. There was a grown man sobbing while he peed in the urinal. Yeah, like <laughs> you know, like. It is such Damn. a hard hitting musical. And yeah. Um, yeah, and then you saw it, the, the, and it was, I don't know what it was. Wow. It was not so, the play. I don't know. I what, gave so up we, on we, it halfway. Which, which musical is this? Dear Evan Hansen. Okay. Yeah, it's Dear one of the Evan bigger uh, Broadway musicals of the last decade, I guess, really. Yeah. And uh, they made it, you know, they kind of followed up, I guess, the Hamilton thing. I felt like they were trying to bring another Broadway. Although that was that was not really the same because that was very much a real life movie. I don't know, very dark subject. Then the plot twist in the middle, they changed the and I just left it at that point. I didn't care what was going to happen after the uh, first half, I guess. Yeah, you just kind of want to get to the end of it at that point. It's it's yeah, yeah, and it's a tough subject too. So if you're not emotionally involved, hardcore, maybe you just stop watching it. You know, mm-hmm. damn. So theater is hard. Of, yeah, yeah, theater. Mm. Uh, buddy, Jason yeah, Morris, question. Yeah. You know, I, actually, I was thinking about this. So, like, uh, as as a point of topic, like, like Doug, I mean, you, you create tricks, right? You create routines. You perform them like amazingly. It's such a pleasure to watch on your on your socials. I I love everything that you do. But I was having a conversation with with some some friends, obviously, with the Magic Festival just passed, and thinking like, how do you write a show? Like, how do you write a show? to be so good, you know? I mean, Josh is doing sold-out shows all around Australia right now with The Showman, a really kick-ass show for those who haven't seen it. And it's just like, how do you go about writing a show and how do you do it right? Well, look, you just know? like I just wrote this merchandise. Look at that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, That's, so you write, uh, you write shows in your hand. Take out a pen. <laughs> yeah, so Doug, I got one Doug, crafted. Some, somebody oh, yeah. wants that mug now. This is going to be on eBay later. Yeah, it's from, someone wants that. It's from conjurelex.com. <laughs> you, you can turn it upside down. Does it spell something? Because it kind of looks like it does. I'm already worried I'm going to spill something as it is. I'm going to set that aside before my things get wet. Yeah, so my show is pretty simple. It's called uh, Doug Con the TikTok Experience. And it's 60 minutes and it's 63 effects. It's mind-blowing. <laughs> Wow, that sounds very thought out. <clears throat> Lots of room to refine. Yeah. <laughs> you want? Do you want an honest answer to that question? Well, I think there's value in it because you see, writing a routine is kind of forgiving. Like when when, when most magicians perform, they might start in a, in a roving realm, which is really easy. Or if they're doing a stage spot, like especially in places like Vegas, you know, like you need a strong twenty minutes and you can have a career. That's all you need to right. make it on the side of the planet most times, right? right. But when you got to write your own proper show, whether it be for a fringe festival or maybe your own show that you're putting on in a particular theater, it's really nice. And obviously seeing something, seeing something like uh, Derek's show in and of itself, as we mentioned earlier, 
you kind of learn that like there is these peaks and valleys that come along with the show and everyone has their own particular theories on that. My good friend Lee Cohen, she tends to write shows with a straight line and then she, which is the timeline, she puts each routine there and then scales up and down what emotions are applied to each routine and where it elevates nice. the audience as we go through. This is a genius idea. I love thinking of it as emotions, right? Not right? effects, but emotions. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And then sometimes you want to force an emotion. You want it to be a sad piece. And it's like, this isn't working. Or I shouldn't. And I, I've made the mistake of finishing my show with an emotional piece. Bad idea. Big mistake. Okay. You think career. so, huh? Yeah. Big mistake, you know? And so why like, would that be? T tell us why. No one leaves the audience in a good mood. Hmm. It's too heady, huh? Like it's they're too they they leave with a heavy heart, and it's not a nice way to end the oh. show. So I put it second last, and they leave ecstatic because there's been a drop, and then and then like to get them back up to this emotional happy state, the jump is such like the variance between it is so much larger that it actually they want to be happy again after that after that sad portion that sad story that I shared, you know. Um, it. And it just gets so much harder, and it ends stronger. Wow! So really, it's about it's about uh, like doing it, revising it, you know, getting notes on it, moving pieces around, like you're saying. Well, one of the theories I I, I was jamming with my friend Dom Chambers recently was that it's not too dissimilar from creating a routine. When you create a routine, which is multi-phase, we'll just for the sake of example, we'll take something like the ambitious card. The ambitious card routine could be 68,000 phases in which the card constantly returns back to the top. So you start going through the notions of trying to make that moment a little more impossible where that moment happens again, where it comes to the top again and again and again, and how you elevate that. And then you start looking at moments where you have callbacks, where it comes to the top, where it doesn't come to the top, or it does come to the top, um, but on the other, like from uh, into another pack on the other side of the room. So you start thinking about like how to elevate that, you know, and when you start routine stuff, you try to start with like the basic effects and how it crescendos and then a kicker ending. And I think shows can kind of be the same way. Only instead of phases of a routine, each phase is a routine in of itself. Developing a theatrical experience is definitely on my list. And it, 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 after, you know, seeing guys like Derek Delgadio, you know, I can reflect on Ricky Jay's wonderful uh, performance. There's, there's been a lot. Uh, it's like I want to do good, right? And I know I'm nowhere close to that. So, But I do have a list, and I, I think about it a lot. And I can't wait one day to have a Doug Con theatrical experience. But mm. it's quite an overwhelming thought. Yeah. It, it really is. And the only way to mm. get good is to do it again and again. Like the, yeah. the beauty of being uh, like a roving performer is that you do a close-up set, you know, like that routine. You finish it. You do it again and again and again and again. Good. If you do like a bad show – you know, you got to wait till the next show. Because if you're doing like a roving set, like, oh, this four minute piece of magic I performed for this guy wasn't that great. I'm going to do it again immediately mm -hmm. and immediately and immediately and immediately. And mm -hmm. so you get real good real quick. And it's the type of thing where you might create a routine and you start like, and, if you, and I listen to my audience always. So they feed me pattern. They feed me right. ideas, they feed me thoughts. Right. And I go, that's a killer idea. And half the time, I'll literally say to my Apple Watch, reminder what this guy just said. 
And then I'll check my notes when I get home and I'll go like, this is a really good idea. I'm going to, this is another good pro tip. I just, I just got an Apple watch. I never use it to say reminders to myself. Yeah. Great. A great, great pro tip. All the time, all the Mm -hmm. time. And especially, and even when you're like, even when you're working, like I do the same thing. Like if you got back to back gigs and you can't afford to like lose a minute, you say, set a reminder for X time. And then you're performing your bit and all of a sudden it goes, all right, last trick, everyone last trick. Okay. Yeah. Uh, We all hope to have that problem. I got to get to the next one, folks. I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> I'm overbooked today. Yeah, but it's important. But like the, those moments that you like free. So the point I wanted to make was that like you, you get these jokes and all of a sudden yeah. you have a routine that you've been performing for two or three years mm-hmm. and then you've got like 20 jokes and you realize, hang on a second, I only need six. And here right. this joke is in the chamber. Mm-hmm. And sometimes this joke might not be appropriate to say if someone's over 60 years old, like there's certain scenarios where you just got to take a moment and go like, don't, you know, do or don't, you don't always have to say what you need to say, you know, or what you can say. It's always really important to be organic to your audience. But, but even that's questionable when you talk about like doing things to your audience, there's some people who are unapologetically this character on stage. And that's the privilege that you have when you say like, no, we're going to the Doug Khan show. This is his character. And if you didn't like it, then you chose the wrong show. Right. That's mm. it. You know, it's, it's like but, no uh, one goes, no right. one goes to a Jimmy Carr stand up without knowing what they're in for with Jimmy Carr. Yeah. You know, yeah, but look, this is a rare experience for magician audiences to go see a specific character. Yeah. But, you know, and for someone like myself, I'm, I'm a bit of a chameleon because like, I'll do a corporate, like I'm doing, I'm doing one tomorrow and it's, uh, um, they're all truck drivers or something. I can't remember what, uh, I'm like construction, they're all construction guys. Yeah. So you can be a little rough with those cats, you know? I think you know? it's part uh, of your yeah. job to be able to do so. You know? I mean, yeah. you're, you're, you're on to, you're on your way to a show literally after this podcast. Yeah. That's why I'm dressed like so. Yeah. What's so, the gig today, Nick? What's the gig? You know, you know what? I literally I don't know. <laughs> I'm waiting for the reminder to come in at and, and 7:59. <laughs> for those who are at the podcast earlier today, Nick just woke up like this because he's bald and he doesn't have to prepare anything. Exactly. Telstra. I'm doing a thing for Telstra. Are you really? You, yeah. You know what is super weird, Nick? Is I'm doing the Telstra gig in Brisbane tomorrow morning. I thought Josh was going to be like, I bid for that gig three months ago and lost it. <laughs> no, th- this is so bizarre, but they, I'm doing a they like midday the post meeting thing for them tomorrow yeah. uh, in, the, in their Brisbane office. Wow. Yeah. Well, sh- well, good on you, Telstra, giving us some, some magicians. What is this company? Yeah, yeah, what, is, yeah. what is the company? Oh, so Telstra is a telecommunications company here in Australia. Like telco, right. I guess would be the American version. They have all the money. Yeah, definitely, definitely. All the cash, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's one of those things, but yeah, it's you know. But the thing is, of course, that like when you go do these sets, you got to know your audience and adjust your flow because you are an extension of the people who have hired you. Um, and yeah, that's right. why I'm really envious of my friends uh, who have their own shows and can just be their own character or a specific type of character, you know, like, it's just like, mm. I can be this guy and I can say these crude things and, you know, um, like power to them. They can do that. You can't always get away with that. But I was, I was reflecting today. That's very much a zone I'm in. Like I am not interested in doing any more B work where, okay, you need a magician. There's lots of them, but if you want to hire Doug Khan, I'm here for you. Yeah. You know, 
I'm not yeah. interested in being the guy that interrupts you at the cocktail party anymore. Yeah. Yeah. But so, yeah. As long as you charge more, Doug, charge more for well, the Doug and that's one today. Experience. Actually, my rate, my rates went up today. Formerly, my rates were much higher and I was getting no bookings. Today, they went even higher. I expect even less work than ever. It'll be great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in such a happy place. Yeah. It, you know, it is nice when you, when you have something to springboard off, you know, where you can say like, this is my rate for yeah. my time and away you go. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. I mean, because the thing is, I mean, it, a lot of people, they, I, I have the conversation with a friend of mine who's in the music realm, you know, and, you know, every guitarist or singer, there's a, there's a dime a dozen out there, which is why we have shows like The Voice and, you know, Stray's, uh, Strain Idol, American Idol, singing shows. There's dozens of singing shows. Everyone sings, apparently. Like, it's just one of those things. But not everyone does magic. You know, it's a very niche thing. And I wouldn't trade that for anything. Like, I love that it's so niche and that it's secretive. And, you know, we can do what we need to do. But I think the difference for us is that, like, we have this skill set that we charge, love, like, pretty healthy amounts for. And there's people out there that are going, like, well, I can get a guitarist for 100 bucks. I can get a, yeah. I can get, yeah. I can get some I can get someone who's just happy for the exposure and it's like well you know like our mentality is like if someone says to us like well I can get a magician for a hundred bucks you then say all right my advice is don't hire the guy or girl take the hundred bucks and 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 buy yourself get a, a guitarist no get a get a good bottle of scotch and entertain yourself yeah because they're not going to be worth the money mm. um. I don't know. I've, d- I've done some of those $100 gigs in New Orleans when times are rough. Yeah, so no you never know. Man, well, you know, there's sometimes a gig, I, that's all the gig is worth. And that's not the important bit. The important bit is that you want to do the gig. It's never about the, it's never about the fee. Never. It's just, this is what we have. Do you want to do it? Yes, I do. I would love to help your organization or help your family. Oh, look, we loved your show. We saw it at whatever else, you know, we don't, you know, yeah, like I've, maybe, maybe you're also a developing magician and you take every chance you can get to perform. You take those hundred dollar gigs and the freebies and the charity events. We're not, I'm not, we're not saying not to do all the work because you have to do the bad work to get good sometimes. So look, I've, I've got, I've got young guys that I've gone, Hey, I've got this residency spot here, you know, through our agency. Yeah. Like Amigan Entertainment is one that I run with my best friend in, in, in Brisbane, and I go, yeah. we got this, we got, we got a little residency here. Do you want to go and do it? And these kids go, what do you have going on this week? And I have no gigs. I'm absolutely, I got, what do you have for me? And I'm like, this much for this long at this bar. And they're like, oh, it's not worth it. I'm like, why? Like, it's not worth it for the fuel because fuel here is $2.50 mm. liter at the moment. So I, like, there's what, four liters in a gallon? So that's only 10 bucks a gallon we're getting charged for fuel here, Doug. It's so, not. It, it, that's ridiculous. Uh, it's ridiculous. In the same it breath, ridiculous, you know, you know, but look, I, how much is how much is a college education cost? And if your job is going to be a performer, well, sometimes when you're developing, you fill the gas tank up. You know, if you're like a developing comic in New York, you go pay the guy to work the open mic. You know, or sometimes to get the time. So yeah. maybe that's part of the process. You fill up the tank and do some of that work. Yeah. I don't, yeah absolutely. I don't know. But so people just think about it differently. Like I'm, I'm a guy who leaves nothing on the table, and you know what? Teller's the same. I had the same conversation with him. You know where I said like I've had three scenarios of like trying to give young guys work, and they've gone nah. You know, 
And it's just, it's staggering to me. And then even Teller's gone, even I leave nothing on the table. And so, if you want to know what Teller's about, look up his net worth, okay? So mm-hmm. I think it stands for something. Well, also this, what we do is very hard. So for people to do it at all is very daunting, especially on a professional level. So it's hard. Actually, can, to, to your point, can I just ask right now? Yeah. You guys, I'm a, I, I feel are entirely against roving cocktail party sort of magic. If that's true, just, just affirm that for me now. Complete. You- I am completely uh, uh, against it, but not in general, just for me. Yeah, okay. Just for me. I love yeah. it. I love that environment personally. I love it, man. Yeah. yeah okay. I yeah. love it too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Now, now, would you prefer to do three roving gigs for the same money that you would earn doing one stage portion mm. that's where it gets tough it's got to be a no huh it's it's well i don't know i mean it's tough uh the, my favorite setting is a cocktail environment that has like 50 guests so by the end they've all seen you they all want to see that one thing at the end and they all and you sort of <clears throat> you've been able to work the room that's like my favorite environment it's a semi-floor show at this point you're the only yeah. There, everyone else is lame. Hey, yeah. that does sound sweet, actually. That's like a cherry situation, you know. Yeah, we do like two or three hours road. there, taking it easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I would say that's yeah, that, that's probably where I get the most uh referrals. Like, if I'm gonna get referrals from a gig, it's because everyone in yeah. that room has just heard everyone reacting to every you know, each performance, and yep. they see the value in you. You're right up front, you can you're hemorrhaging business cards. Mm. and everything just goes forward. Like, I would much rather lean into that. And, you know, you're not rocking up with road cases or things of that nature to do your, your stage set. You're literally just walking in with what's in your person, what's in your suits, what's in your pockets. You go in there, you rock their worlds, you walk down the street, you do another one. I mean, I roll up to gigs on a skateboard. <laughs> <laughs> See, when you said three gigs, I'm thinking three different days. I got to prep each gig and get and versus one hour of, prep and perform and unload so i i think i'd rather do the hour instead of nine hours multiple events yeah yeah that's understandable but i mm. the roving sets for me just knowing that i can do more than one and manage a business card and and be more at a chance of gain, gaining more work from that it's mm. a pretty fun moment mm. i you think know? now now reflecting on it i don't know that i would prefer this to that or whatever i just i just but what i do think is that i enjoy a healthy amount of those roving ones yeah um because i like them i know i'm good at them and you know like we're saying we get a lot of work from them um yeah but i couldn't just not do any stage stuff i think you know we still have that little urge to command the room and and show off the stuff that we've worked on on stage and that kind of thing yeah for sure but um, i really yeah it's a good challenge, and I, I do love both entities. And I find that for all the guys who are out there at the moment, if you follow, if your path is at, at all reflective of mine, um, it's the sort of thing where you start with roving, and then eventually, you know, a couple of stage gigs start happening, and before you know it, you start doing like a fifty-fifty ratio, and then you know, and then like I remember one year I did like a seventy percent stage, thirty percent rove um, sort of ratio, and that was so exciting. And then COVID happened, and we won't talk about that, but I get. It does happen, you know. There's there's a really cool moment with um, a magician Tyler who's now out there 
Uh, he just finished his first run of shows at the Magic Festival. And this guy, a year ago, was watching stuff at the Magic Festival for the first time. And a year wow. later, he's in it. A wow. year later, he's in that. Wow. And the only other person I know who's done that is me. <laughs> you know, that was that was me 14 years ago, where I literally went, saw magic and thought to myself, this is really cool. A year later, I was doing my own show. How old were you when that happened? 23. 23, 24, huh? Interesting. No, I would have been 24, 24, 25, about there. Because I would have been doing magic for about a year, then getting into it. What yeah. did you see? Yeah. What did I see? Yeah, what was this enlightening experience? <sighs> okay. Without naming names, <laughs> when you love magic and you eat and breathe it, when you first get into magic especially, you see magic at a YouTube level, which is amazing. You see these guys with amazing sleight of hand, these, these, these sleight of hand artists who, who actually like study this in like a university type realm, uh, especially in the Asian countries and so forth. And it's right. some of the most beautiful stuff you've ever seen. And then you see an Australian festival and the caliber of magic, if it were, I don't know, man, like if it were, if it were weapons, it would be like a slingshot versus a tank, you know, or, or a slingshot versus an army. Like there is this huge, and, and I, I saw somebody perform something that was so awful And the audience like applauded it regardless. And I literally looked around the audience and thought to myself, like, are you, you guys are right. <laughs> are you serious? Are you all right? Like, this is awful. And I, in that moment I went, I could do something here. Mm -hmm. And yep. it wasn't, it wasn't ego driven. It wasn't at all. Were you inclined to perform prior to that? Like, were you it's, kind of a jokester or, uh, yeah, theater guy yeah. maybe or what? Well, before I got into magic, I was in a band for 10 years. Ooh, so okay. I, have, I have a lot of stage time doing that. Yeah, Our band right. every, every, like, we did, like, two gigs a weekend. Like, yeah, you know, okay. in our local alternative outfit. We had management. We did a couple of tours. Wow. Okay. Um, right. That was real. That was, that was, that was hair, Nick. That was a different version, you know? Yeah, I get it. was it. like red hair and punk rock and stuff like that. So I had some of that action myself. Right. Yeah. And so that was a really fun life. Um, but then uh, once we sort of disbanded, you know, like our lead singer moved to Canada and with his partner and it all just sort of come undone. Some of my friends are still in the game. Uh, I, I regretfully don't know their, their names of, of the music, but our band was called all or nothing, which was then just a O N, which is now like an insurance company, which is weird. But um yeah, so like we 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 did a bunch of stuff. If you guys you know have your stuff, if you want to have a look at it, um, I was really proud of the music we made, and I really enjoyed performing it. But eventually, it just got to a point where like the 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 comparison between the two was like it's so nice being able to do a gig and not going, where is my drummer? Yeah, I was gonna say you don't have to rely on the guys. Yeah, it's Plus, just like you're, split, you're splitting the fees. Music professionally, unless you break out, that's gotta be the tough road to hoe. Unless you're doing. Super good. Yeah, you yeah. always leave an event <clears throat> and you leave with your case and then you see the four-piece band like just looking around going, where do we start? You know, <laughs> like yeah. for their their bump out is like yeah. an hour, hour, hour and a hour. half. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, squabbling over like, oh, can we please get an extra bottle of wine, you know, so that we can, you know, even, even yeah. just like, when are we getting our meals? I'm just like, I'm going to go get my mm. own meal. Like, I'm going to leave. Mm. 
you know it's it's, it's such a hard existence and i and i commend the people who do it i've got my friend Jefferson Smith is, is, is an amazing singer from Utuka, and, and I love him immensely. And he's one of the most entertaining guys I've ever, ever seen on stage. He's a crooner. So he sings like all the classics and he also does like the, the new songs, but like in the old fashioned way. And it is such a pleasure to watch him perform. But, you know, he's in that realm where it's like, again, I can get a guy for a hundred bucks. Why would I get you? It's like, <laughs> that's cool, man. Don't, Tell don't. You. Like, yeah. But it's, it's, it's a, tough industry you know and i guess you know when people under the assumptions that we do it just because we love it the answer is yes we do but right. not, we also just want to pay out, feed ourselves and and help others That's right. you know yeah it's, it's like any man. job i think it could be great 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 and sometimes it can be rough 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 you know and the longer you do it the more rewards there are to the job yeah i totally support I mean, that and how many times do we get mistaken for musician, by the way? <laughs> oh, so, oh, oh, you're a musician. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, oh, you're Barbara Blood's boyfriend, yeah? Yes, I am. Uh, what do you do for a living? I'm oh, a magician. Ah, oh, what instrument do you play? I just go <sighs> drums. <laughs> uh, yeah. We had we, we did press for the showman tour last week, uh, whatever, a couple of weeks ago, and the radio presenter, whom we've met before, goes live on radio and says, showman, the ultimate music spectacular. Where did that go? Take it away, Josh. And Josh just starts beatboxing in the back. Uh, and yeah. all of a sudden, and then all of a sudden, like Chris and Mike are in perfect harmony. Uh, and like, <laughs> did it go? Uh, a new man. boy band was born tonight. <laughs> Yeah, show me. You guys, you know what? Like, yeah, you guys would. If all right, so fifty bucks for anyone who does a hilarious poster, but turns the showman into a boy band. The boy band has to be called. I don't know. I was was waiting for you guys to fill in. (laughs) Maybe it's called Show Boys instead of Show Show Boys. I don't know. Boys. Have you ever seen that 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 piss take that? The South Park guys do. It's called uh, finger bang, and the guys are singing like this, like doing the wiggles thing. But I it's like quite it. crude. Yeah. Well, it's quite crude because they're like, "Oh, I'm gonna finger bang you," and I'm like, "We oh know my. it's working." Yeah. Wow. Wow. On a on a separate note, Doug, I started watching the Boys series. I don't know if you're into oh. this, Nick, as well, but I'm like three episodes in now, and oh my god. Yeah. I, I don't watch a lot of TV. I don't have a lot of downtime with, with everything I do with myself, but mm. I think I need to start committing to that. You know, my, my girlfriend says the same thing. She's like, we got to watch a TV show together. I'm just like, I'm going to read a book. You do that, you know, but yeah. um, is, that, it, is it, is it something you can watch with your partner is the first question. I haven't yet, Doug. I'm sort of doing the reconnaissance. Yeah. I wouldn't I assume get... that any partner would be comfortable watching that show. You want this a particular vet- one. Yeah. yeah. It's like it's like if superheroes just weren't responsible with their powers. That's what this series is about. So, it's, so like, the show about ma- it's a show about magicians. <laughs> it's about Still, superheroes. Kind of. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it could but they're be. but they're not responsible. Not at all. It's um, <laughs> intense. It's rated R. It's it's like oh yeah. no kidding. That's proper adult television. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like it's like Game of Thrones of Marvel. Okay. All right. Look, I I'll do my diligence and I'll I'll, I'll give it a watch. I'll make some time for it. Um, beautiful, what about the, there was there was some magic series like The Magicians? Did that go okay? 
my reminder just went off. I, I'm like I'm getting reminders that I just set for myself accidentally. That's beautiful. I'm in pro mode now. My all my Apple stuff's activating. It's 7:59, fellas. What was the question? I'm sorry to. Oh, I see <laughs> <laughs> um, oh yeah, there was, there was a TV show about magicians. I think it was called like The Magicians, and it was just a whole bunch of like CGI-based magic, which I think didn't really draw in the magic mm. um, folks as a result. Mm. But I, I, I tried giving it a watch. They, it was, I don't know, very forced. Meh. I have not watched it. I think if people want a real depiction of magic, they should watch Magic Camp, perhaps. Oh, uh, yeah. Real- I, is that good? Uh, it's like <clears throat> you know, it's like it's like watching a family Disney show, but uh, oh, it takes you back that? to your childhood. <laughs> okay, there's a couple uh, of good ones on Amazon Prime if you if you look for uh, documentaries. Uh, there's like you'll find them. I don't know the exact names of them, but documentaries where they follow magicians through their life. It's kind of interesting. Man, if mm. I could do it again, I would basically do Magic Wiggles. I would do it all over again. Oh, and yeah. We are going to be in the Magic Wiggles group. We're going to start a YouTube channel, and then it's going to be picked up by a TV network, and then we're yep. going to do this. And you just have all YouTube. the money. And it's and it'll just be like weird stuff. It'll be like, oh, no, I've lost my wand. And the whole episode's about finding where is Nick's wand. And you find the wand, and you do a trick. You teach one trick every couple of episodes, and then you do theater shows around Australia in Rod Laver Arena with 30,000 people. And guess what? You can actually do like magic at that scale live, you know? And you mm. would have a two hundred million dollar budget, like the Wiggles, and like why just, just do that? You can still yeah, do why that. Not? You got a good twenty old, years man. in you for this experience. I'm too old. I'm too old, and I'm fat, and it's just not. Yeah. You're not talking fun. to a guy in his fifties who blew up on YouTube this last couple of years. So don't even <laughs> tell me you're too old, young man. All right, stand true. corrected. You're right. Yeah. You're right. You know, I really, I really admire that. I, you know, I, I did try um, the trick a day May on my socials, and it was really fun. And I, re- I, you know, I kind of regret not putting more time into the content that I put out there. I was literally just like scratching my head, like, what can I make up today? And I would just spit it's a it challenge. out. It's a it challenge. Was a really, it's it was a challenge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that, like, if you just you just start doing it, and the worst thing that's going to happen is that you're going to get better at magic. That's the worst thing that will happen, you know, mm. for the guys out there doing their thing. And then eventually you'll find a way to present it that just works, you know? And I think that you found your formula really well because it's such a pleasure to watch. And you know what? You're easy to listen to, Doug, as well. You know, that's the thing. You know, and yeah. I think it's that- actually a voice actor. I I, I, sh- I I shop all that work out to some guy in Germany. <laughs> the next trick is a voiceover and it's just full <laughs> Japanese, like. <laughs> You're going to start translating your TikToks to other languages. That's right. I'm going Mr. Beast style. Like Mr. Beast. As soon as yeah, I, have a, yeah. I need a budget, though. Yeah. So look, we, um, we don't want to keep Nick from his gigs. So oh, before yeah. we go, Nick, by yes. the way, you can find Nick's info in the description below. Hold on. So can- Are we flashing merch now? <clears throat> Hold on. Let me get this on here. Uh, oh, great. Yeah, look. Oh, my God. It looks like poop in my cup because of the coffee. <laughs> if you want Same to get here. It's actual, my writing. Uh, if, you want, if you want the actual <laughs> merch of the podcast... Go to the magicguyshow.com. Yeah, do that. But, um, but anyway, Nick, thank you, my, my bro. Um, always good to have you here. Any last uh, lingering sentence you want to leave with the, uh, the magic viewers? Drink milk. Don't run with scissors. That's all I got. That's all I could think of. Thanks for listening. It's time for us to disappear now. Disappear now. But we'll see you again on the next episode of The Magic Guys. 